Coffee Room Conversations is brought to you in partnership with Dirt Path Publishing. What started as a small independent publishing house dedicated to publishing work for social impact now also includes coaching and editing services for writers led by a small and mighty team of former high school teachers. These folks know how to have the hard conversations writers need to have in service to producing their very best work. And they know how to have those hard conversations with love. For more information about coaching and editing services for writers, visit dirtpathpublishing.com. Cheryl and I are both Leos, so we're both leaders. We're both fierce mothers and fierce educators and fierce advocates for our kids and our teachers. She's far more clear-headed than me, someone who is able to see things clearly and support people in solving really challenging problems. I admire this, among many other things, about Cheryl. Once an elementary teacher, Cheryl came to San Lorenzo High School as a special education teacher. She worked under a principal named Joanne Knowles, a woman who was principal when I was a student there. Joanne was an extraordinary leader, well ahead of her time as the first female high school principal in our district's history. When she saw me walking down the hall, she used to say, there's my girl, go get him today. My guess is she said something similar to our teachers every day. Cheryl credits Joanne for seeing in her a natural ability to lead and then mentoring her by example for how to take that natural ability and make it a true gift. By the time I came back to San Lorenzo High School as a teacher, Cheryl was an assistant principal. I didn't know her when I was a student because, as is the tragic case in most of our schools, the special ed classes were sequestered in the corner of our campus and no one needed to go there unless you were in special ed. As an assistant principal though, her presence was undeniable. She wore a suit and heels every day, hair perfectly coiffed, nails and makeup perfectly done. She knew everything about every kid who crossed the threshold of her office in trouble for one thing or another. She was a key player in diffusing the gang issues plaguing our school, just as she was a key player in making sure those same kids were treated properly by their teachers and given equal access to both classes and learning. When we say all kids, Cheryl believed, we say all kids. After moving to open a middle school in our district while I was simultaneously working at other schools in the Bay Area, she and I moved back to San Lorenzo the same year me now a seasoned veteran teacher, and she now our principal. I was in awe of how she led our staff, with grace and love and 0% tolerance for trifling, no matter how loud or seemingly powerful the person doing that trifling. In this episode, you'll hear all about Cheryl's trajectory and about the one constant across all her decades in teaching, all kids, because there's no such thing as other people's children, because we belong to one another. Just so you know, my intention with this is, I think, a couple of things. One, it's really a love letter to all of you for everything that you've done for me. Um, And two, I feel like one of the reasons, well, a, a huge reason I was able to stay in this job as long as I did was because I had you all to nourish me. And so I don't think a lot of teachers have that right now. And I think they're so desperate for it. Yes, so, especially right now. When I think about what can I do, you know, um, 
this feels like something I can do. So that's, that's the reason we're here. You can do so much more than that. And you are doing so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that for now. Okay. So welcome to the show, Cheryl Canberra. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so pleased that you would include me, Nicole. Thanks. Oh my goodness. So a little backstory for our listeners, Cheryl, um, and you'll talk about your career a little bit, but just for our inter, we came together, um, my first year teaching, you were an assistant principal Mm -hmm. and, um, and soon found out that you were a part of this group of, of elders at our school that I just loved (laughs) and, uh, couldn't wait to like saddle up next to. And, um, my very favorite piece of advice you ever gave me. And I tell people this all the time. I was very, very pregnant one year and I was saying how I I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to do my job and have this, (laughs) these babies and, and you said, Nicole, you're going to go home every day at 3.15 and everything will be fine. And when you're ready to stay later again, you'll stay later again. But this will be fine. And I was like, oh, my God, I just got permission that I could be a human being. <laughs> so I say all that to say welcome. And, um, and I'm really glad that you're here. Well, thank you very much. Let's start with a little backstory about your experience in school, uh, how how you came to this profession, um, anything about your experience and your own educational journey that's informed the way that you approach mm-hmm. teaching or the way you think about teaching. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I knew I wanted to be a teacher from the time I was a toddler. I mm-hmm. only asked Santa Claus for pins and stars and... <laughs> Finder paper and whatever, and we didn't play dolls. My entire mm. life, I played school, and I was always the teacher. Oh my <laughs> so gosh, I love there. it. So that needs to go in because I just yes. think I was born for it. Um, and the fact that in playing it, I was constantly looking. I can remember this. I was like five at the time. We had been playing together for a year doing this. I remember thinking, I have to find ways that they don't get bored. And I think back on that now and I think, wow, I was already taking responsibility. Yeah. If you're going to teach someone, that's on you. That's not what you didn't listen. That, you know, whatever. I just wanted to throw that in there because I I hadn't really thought about that. And obviously 70, 60, 70. (laughs) Um, I I would also say that some more background is, I, I don't know why, just my makeup, I guess. I always was in and took leadership roles, Mm -hmm. entry, middle, high school, college. And in kind of thinking about what our conversation would be, I, and I like to think of myself as introspective, but I had never really thought about the fact that I don't know how much of it was teaching as compared Mm -hmm. to my love of being able to be a leader Mm. and guide people. And I, owned that. And I thought, yes, otherwise, yeah, I, there's more to teaching than just, oh, I'm teaching this lesson. So that's wow. part of my background as well, that I'm now going to say, yeah, I, I did put that either ability or want that desire uh, to lead uh, is part of who I, of why I was in this profession and hopefully was successful. Um, the other part, just the le- end of the background would just be, mm-hmm. My first mentor, before I knew what a mentor was, was my grandmother. Mm. 
They lost their farm in Oklahoma, you know, during the Dust Bowl. Uh I visited them and stayed with them for almost a month every summer. And I learned so much from her that, again, wasn't thinking about until this all came up. She taught me that you persevere. Mm-hmm. If there's a task to do and you need to get it done, no one else is going to do it. You need to do it. Don't whine about mm-hmm. it. Don't cry about it. Do the details you need to do to get it done well. And she did that without once, you know, ever saying, this is what I'm teaching you. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say, you know, perseverance and and the ability to do, I'm going to push through until my goal is reached. So mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. I, you know, I watched her wring a chicken's neck and never once did I think what a horror I've just watched. All I could think yeah. of was, wow, my grandma knows how to get a chicken. Then, I mean, she, she yeah. kind of personality to me. Anyway, I need to put that in there because yeah. that's a lot of who I am as well. You know, Cheryl, this is so fascinating because we've never had this particular no. conversation no, of haven't. all the conversations we've had. And uh, I, too, had grandmothers who I watched very carefully and were my first mentors. Yeah. And when you said that about leadership and teaching, I thought, oh, my God, mm-hmm. that's exactly how I feel. Yep. It, and I love instructional design and I love the creativity and I love being with the kids. But really what it comes down for for me is I always felt like the teacher is the leader of your classroom. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. the part that I love the most. Uh-huh. And it's the leader's responsibility to ha- have learners learn, to, to make mm-hmm. it so that good things happen in a classroom and learning occurs. That, oh. That's that's on you. That's on me. Yeah. Well, me. <laughs> Not so. you anymore. <laughs> no. and, you, and you chose special ed or special ed chose you? you no, know, it kind of chose me. I was a fourth grade teacher, had children, stopped work for three years and needed, I wanted to get back in. Mm-hmm. And an opening came up for hourly, just sort of like a, an assistant in a special ed room, even though I was fully credentialed, they mm-hmm. didn't have special ed credentials then. I mm-hmm. fell in love with teaching special ed kids, especially, mm-hmm. you know, emotional disturbances, ADHD, all of that. I, I think that's what gave me my love of knowing that, you know what, all children can learn. You need to find a way to reach them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't reach them, you can't teach them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's their fault. I think it's mm-hmm. that's on, incumbent on us. So, yeah, I mean, this gets probably a little further down in the conversation. But I, I have, my passion is trying to spread to people that you need to Take the time with the most difficult people. Don't brush them off and just teach kids that honestly might not really need you. Yeah. So anyway. I can see that approach in in your role as principal (laughs) because you never shied away from the ones that principals before you may have said, oh, I just can't. I'm just going to not look that direction. You never, you went right for it. No, they're the ones who needed us and needed Mm -hmm. teachers like you Mm -hmm. to teach them. Well, to reach them, because you can't teach unless you've made a, an emotional connection with another human being, period. Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. Do you have a, um, do you have a, a lesson that you learned from a student, like a, a standout thing, something was important you learned? Yes, absolutely, and it's the most difficult special ed student I ever taught 
or worked with in any capacity. And I worked with her for four years. She wasn't even allowed to be on campus full time at first. Wow. Boys were afraid of her. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was a very troubled youngster. Mm -hmm. And she's the person that really gelled for me that you, you have to reach out mm -hmm. and make a connection with another human being. Mm -hmm. And that is the only way you can effectively change their behavior mm -hmm. and motivate them to learn, period. She, mm -hmm. And I want to share this because it's one of the few letters that I've kept in my little mm. personal cache of things. Yeah. I, I got a letter from her in 1984. She had left the school and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And in the letter, this is a quote. I have to look at it. To, yes, please. You actually cared what happened to me. No one else ever did. Wow. You showed students in the, in the plural that you cared for them. You showed that you cared, and because of that, you showed that I could change, and I did change. Done. Oh my Mike God. for me. Oh, my God. Because yeah. that's the effect I want all educators to believe they can have happen, and um, I treasure it. I, again, never, and no one gave, I didn't have any mentors at the time. Yeah, school. yeah, yeah. There wasn't anyone showing me the way, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, yeah. She, it oh. was, yeah. Uh, it, that really touched my heart because it meant she really got it mm -hmm. that I made her want to change and that she did. Mm -hmm. Stop being mm -hmm. violent, whatever. She stopped allowing herself to be uh, uh, emotionally abused by family members and so on. So anyway, so, oh, gosh. That, that, so, Hey, reach that's out. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It, uh, it reminds me, I'm going to sidetrack here just for sure. a quick second. When, um, I came back to teach, you were then an AP mm -hmm. and we were having some fairly significant gang issues in our mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was not unheard of for you to, um, go straight into the heart of it. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, it, was that the same approach? You were looking, you were looking to reach the humanity in our kids who had um, chosen a way mm -hmm. to find mm -hmm. respect and community mm -hmm. in a way that was harmful. You know, you, you just said the key word. It was, for me, it was about respect. I really respected these guys. I, I realized that some of, many of them were troubled. Yeah. But you're not going to get respect if you don't show respect. And it has to be real. And mm -hmm. so I found things to respect each one of them individually for. Mm -hmm. And I, I still to this day tell my grandchildren, yeah, my best friends were the gang members at school. Mm -hmm. And we kept the school safe. I, mm -hmm. I know that's, I don't even mean that to be egotistical, but it's another no. example of kids know when you're real or not. And they yeah. know if you care or not. And because it was a mutual respect, my, mm -hmm. my saying to them, don't disrespect the school. I love the school. I want you to keep it out of here. It doesn't yeah. mean you're always yeah. successful, but, but right. the leaders, the leaders did, I, you know, I remember coming between two rival gangs at a lunchtime in my heels saying to myself, <laughs> well, 
God, be prepared to back up. I shouldn't even share this tidbit with you, but be prepared to back up, Cheryl, because if you don't have what you think you have between them, you're in big trouble. They started, (laughs) there were like 20, 25 kids on each side, Latino gangs. And I stepped in between them and put my arms out and I said, you're going to stop this shit. (laughs) Stop it. You will yeah. respect me. Stop it. And then I turned before they could even, it was like, what? Mrs. Cameron just swore. And I mean, <laughs> and I said, you, you pick four, four guys. You're going to meet me and D whatever, 12. Mm-hmm. You, you pick four guys. That's it. Four, four, mm-hmm. me. We're going to figure this out so you guys can learn. Cause I have enough respect for you that I want you to learn. Mm. Lucky me. <laughs> I didn't have to back mm. up my heels. And <laughs> we did. We spent two hours. I may have even been Pam Wilson, who was a teacher in that room at the time. It was like T12. Mm-hmm. And, T12, uh, yeah, she was. Yeah. And uh, she moved the class. I think I said, take them to the library. We need this. <laughs> and so I ran. Anyway, I, I, anyway, I think that was a sign of, yes, Cheryl, this is the way you approach people. You earn their respect. You give them respect. And mm. then you can start being a leader to try to help them change. Mm, 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 mm. What do you, uh, do you have any, as you look back and think about the families, because I know mm-hmm. in special ed, you have a particular connection with families that general mm-hmm. ed doesn't always have. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of a family member who's taught you something over the years? Well, just a reinforcement really. And it wasn't really a, during my time as a special ed teacher, it was uh mm-hmm. When I left for Bohannon Middle School, and it mm-hmm. first principalship job for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I was contacted by a mother who later put a letter in my file, unbeknownst to me, stating that her son had been so, you know, his entire career at schools were get suspended, get in trouble. He was always doing things that were. She didn't think he would graduate. And so her letter was, thanks to you, my son actually got promoted to high school. He never would have under another principal. So she wanted to pass it along to me because, and these are her words again. She said, I taught him how to respect and care about himself to change his ongoing behavior difficulties and he did because he didn't want to let me down because of the mutual respect for him so again you know for people who listen to this it's just so important and especially the ones that you think well doesn't really deserve it what's wrong with that kid no don't go there they're the ones that need us the most if we really want to make a difference in all kids lives i know it sounds preachy but i just You've known me for a long time. You know long I time. truly believe what I'm saying. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yes. And, and not only do you believe it, you walk the talk in a way um, that I don't know that anybody else does. I don't know that anybody has the uh, amount of integrity that you have. And um, and I, I mean know. that. I was surrounded a group of mobs, and I would tell you that they all did. <laughs> Yes, I would say that's true. I would say that's true. But there, you know, there's something special, Cheryl, about you are always the leader, right? You know, when we sit down in front of the fire, it's like Cheryl's holding court. Here we are. We're all together. And it just felt like, um, you know, Pam was our kind of heart and Mm -hmm. you were our leader, right? And you always ask such good questions and you always like... You, I, I'll just speak for myself. 
when I knew something was right, but I didn't want to do it because it was too hard, mm-hmm. you asked the right questions to make sure that I was able to stay in integrity. You were like my integrity mentor, among other things. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I know. It's just yeah. the truth. Um, tell me about your experience with mentorship. We've talked a little about your grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering, because even when I was coming up as a young teacher in the early 90s, the whole idea of like mentor wasn't part of the institutional no, discussion yet. Nope. Yeah. So yeah, tell, tell me who... Teaching, no one shared. The yeah. No teacher shared because then if you got their good stuff, you'd show them up. And I remember mm. being shocked by that my first year of teaching at the elementary level. And I'm thinking, what? Why aren't we sharing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm glad it's- I'm glad it's changed now. So, did you, did you have experience with mentors, even though they weren't official? My first official mentor was my principal, Joanne Knowles. Oh God, I love probably her. one of the most important people in my life, mm-hmm. professionally. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it, it, she gives me. She yes. well, she mentored mentored so many people. She meant Lee Akins became a principal. I became a mm-hmm. principal. I I could name keep naming names. Mm-hmm. Her mentorship was. She called me in her office one day, and it involves Pam Wilson, me, <laughs> and Lee Akins. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. we're all teachers, mm-hmm. and she called me in her office. I guess she had called them in too separately, mm-hmm. and said. I want you to take a training on staff development. And the reason I want you, she says, I think you can make a bigger impact if you have a larger audience. Not to denigrate what you're doing with the kids, but I think Mm -hmm. you have more. Mm -hmm. So I had so much respect for her that Mm -hmm. I didn't want to let her down. I was happy in the classroom. I loved what I was doing. I don't want to leave the Mm -hmm. classroom. Mm-hmm. And her mentorship caused me to push myself out of the classroom because she would keep bringing it up. Mm-hmm. And without her, 99%, I would have happily retired as a classroom special ed teacher, boom, mm-hmm. and not thought another thing of it. Mm-hmm. So she made me believe in myself that one, I had a leadership role that she thought she had noticed in me. That's why I brought that up in the background. Yeah. And she used that hook without mm-hmm. actually saying, well, you're, you're a leader. You should want to, you know, do this. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And see if you want to share some of these things. Well, of course, in the training, I'm saying, yes, all teachers, you know, my passion started coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Three of us led staff development trainings on how to reach all kids in the, the classroom. And uh, it, it was, Without her, again, I, I, I just would, it wouldn't be, I would just be a teacher. No, no, it no, would no. Be, I would have loved what I did for my career, never having thought that I might have a role in a larger picture. So mm-hmm. she gave me that, you need to think of the larger picture. You need to push mm-hmm. yourself at all times yeah. to get something because you get it. But anyway, so that you have a bigger I don't know. She just, I, I thank her every day. And when I think back upon my role in teaching, because she one believed in me, uh-huh. she pushed me after she knew I respected her opinion. Is this uh-huh. sounding like 
my philosophy and how you teach kids. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter to me what level you are. She reached and then she proved that, wow, you could do it. If someone had told me I was going to end up being a vice principal or let's go principal, a principal of a high school. Seriously. Mm. I grew up in a poor family. (laughs) Come on. I would have laughed. I would have. Yeah. So that's my winter story. I, you know, Joanne Knowles was the principal when I was a student. Yes. Um, for part of the time, mm-hmm. and when she decided she was going to retire, and we were going to do interviews, this was my senior year, I th- or my junior year, and pa- Pam Wilson was the teacher representative. Yes. <laughs> and Joanne called me in and said, Nicole, I want you to be the student representative. And I was like, well, Miss Knowles, why would you ask me to do that? Nicole, I don't want to hear it from you. You need to be a part of this conversation. I will see you tomorrow. And I was like, okay, ma'am. Like, you know, she just and that's was. that's the leader taking charge and being directive yes. when you need to be? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And she handled <clears throat> me exactly as I needed to be handled, you know? And, and that's, she knew that, uh that I, I needed a firm hand to remind me that I was perfectly smart and perfectly capable and knock this shit off. Let's get going. You know, and I just, I just, I like that uh, better. yeah. That's sort of my pull up your big girl, big girl panties. It's really knock <laughs> off the shit and just take care of this. And it's just take care of it. <laughs> yeah. 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 She, she also was like so ahead of her time as a woman, I thought too. Well, you know? she was the first principal female principal at the high school level in our district. Oh, I didn't know that. just begun having female principals at the elementary level. Mm. Not very many, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there were some. So, and she was a vice principal at Arroyo before that for like 15 mm. years, because who's going to promote her past that? That was, that was the oh ceiling. That was the glass ceiling at the secondary level for women. Wow. Well, it's no, no. wonder, because it really did feel like part of her intention in her work was to pave path for women to, to move further than she could. That, that was part of her. Yeah, intention. And I don't even think that was her main it was to make paths for anybody that she saw such competence in that she wanted them to, to share it because she, yeah. she was also such a good mentor to some of the males. Uh, oh yeah. Jerry Glenn. Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dick Lloyd. She, he, Dick she mentored. Lloyd. I mean, these are people who became principals who, mm-hmm weren't principals when I first met them in In personality or in profession. Um, What about uh, working with folks who were junior to you? Do you, do you have a sense of having been led by those who came after you? You know, I, I thought about that one, that question hard. I just want to say that the, some of the other best mentorship I've ever gotten specifically from my special ed students, they Mm. mentored me. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. What, what well, does that look like? I could have a classroom that had only nine to 12 kids in it. That's average. It had okay. 10 kids in the classroom and we had, you know, an hour and a half because we had gone on the block schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, it left a lot of time for me to have personal conversations and again, create all those things that I've just talked about with you and mm-hmm. passing about respect and reach out and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I constantly was learning, learning from them. Like, oh, I never realized. So let me give you an example of that. This was early on. I did actually use it without the teaching staff knowing mm-hmm. the context it was in. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things in a, a staff development training that Pam and, and Lee and I did, I talked about you ha- teachers, you have to pay attention to the detail because mm-hmm. it's the tiniest little things you say or do mm-hmm. means nothing to you that hits mm-hmm. a student like a tidal wave, wave and literally can change them forever. And I know that sounds so overstated. It's mm-hmm. not. And my example was it wasn't only once. Special ed students would come in a lot and say, I don't want to go back to that class, you know, the mainstream class. Why not? Because I was late to class and in front of the whole class when I came in, well, my words, a snide remark was made, a sarcastic, oh, like you're finally showing up. Do you even care about, you know, in front of the whole class, humiliating that student. And what that teacher didn't know and the student shared with me, this was huge learning for me. He didn't know that my dad beat up my mom in front of me this morning. Oh, God. And so it's stuff people. You don't know what's going on in their lives. They're kids. Yeah. Quit using yeah. them. When you think it's no big deal. They should brush it off. No, they shouldn't. So that's learning from them, isn't it? Yeah. That's them yeah. nurturing me because they're teaching me how to be a better teacher of any human being. Yeah. My children. Agreed. Right, but mm-hmm. <laughs> my mm-hmm. fellow moms, my staff—not mm-hmm. my staff, the staff that I worked with. Don't you think that? I don't know. I feel like that's our job to learn as much as it is to teach. It's to learn, don't mm-hmm. you think? Yeah, it's a, it's a complete perfect circle when it's done yeah. right. You learn, yes. When all of those examples I've given you of interactions with kids that I hopefully help them change their life for the better. They changed my life for the better because I learned. Yeah. And then that's when I really realized, Cheryl, you need to find a way to pass this on. Mm. So it can't mm-hmm. only be in the lunchroom. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now that you've been pushed into getting a job as an administrator, maybe you can use that role to pass on mm-hmm. those things. But anyway, What's been the hardest thing for you to learn? in your in your career do you have a sense of that i had to learn as an administrator as a principal and a vice principal <laughs> that just as i preached that you shouldn't toss out difficult students mm-hmm. don't toss out difficult teachers i had to learn i had to work harder you know, in my office with them to try to, in my mind, bring them forward. Now, they may have thought, no, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But instead of just going, oh, geez, what are you going to do? They are who, you know, they are what they are. It didn't always mm-hmm. work, but I thought students deserved more than that. And, uh, but it was hard for me to, who am I to tell you? Even though part of my personality would say, yes, I'm. (laughs) I am going to tell you that's but as a person who holds integrity really sacred, I would imagine that was extremely difficult to watch a teacher who is ineffective Mm -hmm. continue to teach our kids or continue to be in the in the position to teach our kids whether they were teaching or to this day it still does. And I took no heart in it, but I have a few proud moments where it actually worked. And on two occasions, two teachers left. They should have never been around children. How do you feel like um, being a teacher or being in education has strengthened other parts of your life as a parent, as a human? Any any thoughts there? Well, it, it, it definitely reinforces my belief that the whole 
perseverance and focus on a goal or a vision or something. Mm-hmm. It's tantamount. You can't be successful if you can't have the perseverance to focus on a goal. And not that I didn't, I'm kind of this kind of person anyway, but caring relationships are everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to state it more strongly. You have to develop caring relationships mm-hmm. in your private mm-hmm. life and whatever. And then, yeah. and then, you know, actually becoming conscious that I had an actual ability to affect, affect change in others. Oh. It wasn't in my consciousness when I first started teaching. It was just, oh, I love to teach. Let's quit. I, I was so shallow <laughs> in terms uh. of the depth of my thinking. So that I learned. And um, just, oh, and then just personally for me that it it's, can be bigger than the classroom, Cheryl, and you need to take the leap because your mentor told you you should. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to mm-hmm. leave the classroom and did, and it was all for the better of everyone else. I'm mm-hmm. So take this as a compliment. I'm glad you left the classroom. I'm very sad for those students who on that particular level, you're not affecting anymore or did I, but okay. you're making such a change in a bigger way. God, and you're using so. your, oh, oh, it's not even a question, Nicole. It's not even a question. I'm so impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have no Thank idea. You. You're welcome. Kudos to you. I just, I wonder though, you know, sometimes I walk around thinking like, does what I do matter? You know, because when you're a teacher or even when you're at a principal at a school, every day matters every day. Yes. And so uh, now you're retired. How, how are you, how are you reconciling that with yourself? People ask me that all the time and they just look at me with a blank face because I don't know how to explain it to you. Mm -hmm. I feel like I left everything on the Mm -hmm. table. I mean, Mm -hmm. I gave it my all the whole mm-hmm. time I was there and loved doing it and mm-hmm. had faith in myself that I was making a difference mm-hmm. and it's done. Yeah. You could I'm walk away. Good at, yeah. I'm good at creating boxes in order to stay mm-hmm. healthy. I love being retired. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point when someone asked me, can you go back and substitute as principal for Biden? But my first thought was, Heck no. If I had wanted yeah. to do that, I never would have left. I'd still be a principal there at the age of 75 because uh, yeah. <laughs> but not someone else's job and there are other people perfectly capable. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. the only capable person on the planet. So, right. I I love the recuperation and mm. then being able to do bigger things on a personal selfish level, level like yeah. travel all over the world with mm-hmm. <laughs> Pam and Lee mm-hmm. is part of the group that you, we used to travel mm-hmm. with. And yeah, I, I don't feel, I keep thinking of that. Should I feel lonely? Should I feel like mm. I should be volunteering? I should be doing other things. And uh, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm very content and satisfied. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful because like you said, you did everything you could. Mm-hmm. You don't look back and say, gosh, well, I could have done that. I could have done that. You, you did it all that, that you were, you were able to do and then you were done. Yep. And I, I also appreciate this idea that there are other people, you know, sometimes some of us teachers get caught up in the superwoman trope mm-hmm. that I think was created just to keep us working too hard, quite frankly. Um, 
<laughs> but this idea like, no, I don't have to be the superstar. There's lots of other kids or kids, people, teachers, mm-hmm. educators. Mm-hmm. We're all capable in different ways. So let mm-hmm. me step back and, and make room for someone else to shine yeah. now. That's absolutely right. That, yeah. That's how I feel and I feel good about it. And I did. I hope I made a difference with some people. Now it's someone else's turn. Yes. Yes. So thinking about our um, uh, uh, kind of our, the challenges our schools face. You and I both know that there's not a silver bullet, right? There's not one thing. If we just wave a magic wand, right? So my philosophy is we have to look at ourselves like little puzzle pieces, right? And Mm -hmm. we have to be willing to live into our gifts, Mm -hmm. what we were really here to to do and put Mm -hmm. our piece down with everybody else who's willing to do the same and then make what we need to make really intentionally. So I, I think I may have a sense of what your answer might be, but I wonder... What do you think is your gift? What do you think is your piece that you well, put first down? of all, my belief that mm-hmm. all children can learn and they deserve mm-hmm. to learn. That's I have to mm-hmm. start there because that's my goal, right? That's my mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. I'd like to. Th- well, I don't. You know what? I did. I think I brought yes passion, yes respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, for students and staff, mm-hmm. and a desire. I have a, this desire to just increase everyone's ability to learn because I think they all can. We all yeah. can. And yeah. so because that's a, such an important value to me, hopefully my passion and hopefully earned respect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, is is I'm able to pass that along. Um, I always want to, uh, even when, when I was doing evaluations it was for teachers, I wanted to encourage first what their abilities were at that time. Mm-hmm. There's no one that's evil to me, so, or, you know, mm-hmm. out of it. so mm-hmm. encourage those and then say, okay, what are you going to do next to stretch yourself? Because remember, my mentor said to me, I want you to get out of the classroom and stretch what, you know, your abilities are. So I hope mm-hmm. I bring that. Um, I believe that leadership really does matter when people mm-hmm. say to me, oh, just get rid of the administration. Everything will be fine. No, mm-hmm. uh, leadership matters. Leadership matters in the classroom. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the ability to effectively problem solve. I like to think that I was able to do that. Yeah. I, I did the details to hopefully set it up that problem yeah. solving could occur. Yes. And I was vigilant, active, and loud <laughs> in supporting staff and, and school. And someone told me once, I think you're the glue that holds us mm-hmm. all together, which mm-hmm. whether it's true or not, that mm-hmm. was like an ultimate compliment to me because that was what I was trying to do, create a climate, right? Where mm-hmm. teaching and learning occurred and, you know, everything is not perfect, but yeah, whatever. But there, you know, I I think a lot about what we had in those years and just seems like so overwhelmed with gratitude for the experience I had as a student and then coming back as a teacher Mm -hmm. to be a part of that Mm -hmm. community. And Carlos um, Cabana, who we'll meet at some point, Mm -hmm. the listeners will meet at some point, I'm sure, used to talk about this notion of the ethic of care. Mm-hmm. That that it's an ethic. It's something we work on. It's something we're intentional about. It's something that we will not compromise. That's right. 
And, um, and I think that combined with your leadership style that held everyone to task mm-hmm. and also loved us at the same time. I you know? I loved being there. I loved my staff. Not, again, I say my, cause it was family. But they're yours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I loved, uh, yes. I loved what I did. I was lucky. How lucky can you get? Oh, so lucky. We were so lucky. So um, we end every um, episode with a kind of a, what we call the copy room takeaway. Right. So, you know, I'm running the machine, right. you're punching holes. Right. You remember, um, what what would you leave us with? And this can be kind of funny or light or practical or theoretical, but you're walking out the door and what are you going to leave us with? Well, first of all, in my head, it would be, wow, how important is this to watch us collaboratively? being together in a room, accomplishing, putting resources together to go do what we need to do. And I think on my way out the door, I would yell because I wouldn't whisper it. I would say it really loudly. Hey guys, I'm out to reach them, to teach them. You go Mm. reach them them too. I don't know. It's corny, but it's. It's lovely. I love it. Reach them to teach them. I love that. That'll be our, that'll be our title for this episode. I know. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, I I cannot uh, thank you enough for your time and your your perseverance in making this interview happen and (laughs) spending your time with me. But just truly, Cheryl, all of the things that you've done um, for me and for countless others, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your precious time with us. My hope is it gave you some respite from your worries and some time to remember that we belong to one another and that there's no such thing as other people's children. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. These three things make a big difference in our ability to connect teachers to one another in service to each other and our kids. We also want to thank Dirt Path Publishing for partnering with us on this podcast. The mission of Dirt Path is to publish work for social good, They are proud to include Copy Room Conversations under that banner. For more information on coaching and editing services, or if you have a book you want to publish that you know will serve the greater good, visit dirtpathpublishing.com.